0: and Faith Podcast would like to thank our sponsor, Memphis Theological Seminary. Memphis Theological Seminary is currently accepting applications to join the next cohort of the Doctor of Ministry in Land, Food, and Faith Formation. This dynamic and innovative low-residency program is open to students who are passionate about the intersections of ministry with agricultural practices, food justice, care for the land, and the role of faith communities in both rural and urban settings. Students in this program explore the theological and ethical dimensions of land and its use, the role of food in our lives, and the ways faith communities both shape and are shaped by their relationship with land and food. This program will provide theological resources and practical models for the practice of ministry in faith communities, which seek to relate more intentionally to the care of land, food, and all living creatures. The first one week residency for the new cohort takes place in June, 2022, and applications are currently being accepted until April 30th. For more information and to apply, visit memphisseminary.edu.
1: Welcome to the Food and Faith Podcast, conversations from the soil and around the table, with your co-hosts Anna Wolfenden, Derek
0: Weston, and Sam Chandler. Welcome back to the Food and Faith Podcast, everyone. This is Derek Weston. and on our Black History Month, we have a special episode for you. I'm really excited to introduce the co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, the Black and Brown Podcast, a show about bourbon from the Black perspective. Before I go any further, I know that alcohol is a genuine struggle for many people, and many of my friends have recently quit drinking. It's meant a lot for their mental and spiritual health, and I completely respect that. This episode is about the way that we can appreciate a spirit responsibly and in community. So with that said, this is a really fun episode. Very quick intro of our guests. A. Colbert, a.k.a. The Plug, found his way to bourbon by accident, but quickly immersed himself in all things whiskey. In addition to the podcast, he also contributes to the Easy and Bourbon Zeppelin. Delvin Joyce, the people's choice, was a former player for the New York Giants and is a current financial planner. He came to Bourbon while trying to force scotch as his go-to, but a trip to the Old Forester distillery in Louisville sealed the deal. Last but not least, W.H. Stevens, aka the Silverback, is fairly new to the game, but has quickly amassed a plethora of knowledge that has made him the show's de facto technical resource. He's been in IT for 20 years and enjoys music. All these guys are golfers and live in North Carolina. Fuller bios and a handful of referenced episodes are in the show notes. One last thing. You can support this podcast at www.patreon.com slash Podcast. All right. Let's listen to the fellas from the Black and Brown Podcast. All right. I am here with the fellas from the Black and Brown Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to the show.
2: <laughs> well, thanks for having us.
0: Yes,
3: sir. Appreciate you having us, man. What's the deal, DL uh, (laughs) Weston (laughs) fam?
0: All right. So we begin every episode with this question of what is your geography? What are what is the places, the land, the food, the culture, the music uh, that have shaped you to be who you are? So uh, I'm going to let you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself when you start and then go ahead and answer that question of what's your geography?
2: Okay. I am a Colbert. I'm known on the show as the plug. I'm one third of the team from the black and Brown podcast. Uh, my geography now, uh, as it were, is I am in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was for the last 20 years in new England, living in Connecticut, but my base geography, I'm from South Carolina. So I carry that with me everywhere I go. Red clay under my feet. You know, that's what we like <laughs> to say.
1: Nah, man. Right. You know, um, Red Clay is uh, North
2: Carolina, man. Uh oh, okay. We got from,
1: you're from the sand hills, though. I'm
2: from the sand hills. That's yeah, my man. cousin always keeps yeah. me straight. Yeah, man. You know what I'm we are from we're from the Clay sand. Hills. Up here. No yeah. street signs, no road signs. It's what it is. Right. Um geographically shaped, uh, that's that's a huge, huge upbringing for me. Um everywhere I go, I carry those roots with me heavy. Uh let's see to answer that question. Um do you, do you want, like, musically what shaped me? Yeah, anything, um, so anything
0: you want to throw in there.
2: Yeah, what so would you get,
3: on, you get it on the ear on your life? On my life, yo. So <laughs> it's a funny story.
2: Growing up, I got a lot of blues, because pop shaped me with blues in yeah. the car. That was a lot of BB mm. King, you know, uh, a lot of stuff like that. And then later on, I matriculated into hip hop. You know what I mean that was that was how I moved there but the foundation was blues then hip hop and now sprinkling a little bit of jazz food wise yeah it was southern food all day long um, nice. And I've been chasing my grandmother's food for, I would say, a lifetime. My wife, my wife is Puerto Rican, so over the last thirty years, we've been migrating what we like to call Afro Rican food. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we mix a lot of collard greens and arroz con gandules. You know? Um, hey, you hear how
3: he rolled that R? Oh, that was yo, bro. That was yo, yo. She tells me I got to roll it though. I got to spit it properly. You know? What I'm saying?
2: impressed. <laughs> so you know, stuff like that, man. So we have a mix of cultures. You know, we're raising a couple kids strong into culture so that's what we're doing here
0: that's beautiful yep all right who's next
1: here's I go next um William Stevens and um I've been living in Charlotte for the last 20 years but I grew up in South Carolina um went to college there um and uh I got into bourbon I guess a few years ago and uh um a good friend of mine from college he introduced me into bourbon and I didn't really take on to it right away and it took it took uh, some uh, some eagle rare for me to to really um, get that get that ball rolling because that was the first bourbon that I that I tasted that um, I could get flavors other than just you know burn it wasn't like you know you know the alcohol ethanol type burn it was uh, it was a nice flavor and I got you know the caramel and vanilla and all that kind of stuff so it was definitely something that I needed. I met Delvin um we were members of the same uh, golf club and uh, so yeah and so and I met him through a you know a, a mutual friend of ours and um and uh found out he likes bourbon as well and we we kind of I think me and Delvin I would say we've kind of grown up together in bourbon cuz we both were when we first started we were you know just you know, kind of testing it out and trying to figure out what our palate was and what we you know we you know what we enjoyed and um because i kind of feel like you know him and i kind of came you know into this game around the same time so it's been good to see our growth when it it comes to identifying different berbers, different styles all that kind of thing so um like anthony uh, i guess growing up i um i uh you know um, my dad was a dj and so and he, he did a lot of um it was a lot of blues and a lot of um you know old old school soul music like you know um it was uh, James Brown, Four Top, Temptations, Reetha, you know, Al Green. Um, I remember my parents having Friday night parties at our house. What? And me and my, me and my sister, we have to go into the room. <laughs> but my room was right by the living room. So I had my <laughs> ear up to the wall and hearing grown people, you know, um, drinking. Because um, their drink of choice was Crown Royal. Um, <laughs> so having them drink Crown Royal and, you no know, talking trash, basically how we do our podcast. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. How, you how know. did we not know dad was on the ones and twos? I, yeah, I, I was
1: about to say, a, I've been listening to yeah, the show for a year. That's yeah. the first time I've heard this. Yo. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he has, I mean, this, his 45 collection, I'm not really sure where it is now, but it, it was deep. It was no, you need to find, deep.
2: You need to find those forty-five. Yeah.
1: So, um, but in college I discovered, I discovered hip hop, um, and I mean, because growing up, um, you know, I went to a predominantly uh, white high school. So it was a lot of Twisted Sister and mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. and Motley Crue. And, yeah. You know, those songs of getting that kind of, you know, listen, that kind of stuff in high school. But when I went to college. My roommate was like, nah, we, we're not, we're not listening to that. Kind of stuff.
2: <laughs> that's so, not what we're gonna do. Yeah, so we, not what we're
1: not gonna do. And, uh, and so uh that's when I really got into like, you know, Big Daddy Kane and you know, a lot of the, the old school sample when it came to early hip hop. And I really enjoyed that, you know, Public enemy stuff like that. Right. Um so I'm not really sure where I was going. Um so it's that, all good,
2: though. Wherever you are, that's where you're supposed to
3: be. Yeah, so, yeah. So anyway, um so yeah, that's it. Excellent. Yeah. Dalvin, how about you? All right. So first off, D, I appreciate these questions because I'm learning about my guys today. <laughs> I'm like, I'm I, we, we got about 50 LEM episodes. This is the first time I'm learning some of this stuff. So this, this is awesome, Yeah. <laughs> So I am Joyce, the People's Choice, uh, on the podcast. And you know, I'm from Martinsville, Virginia. So we talk about Martinsville. These guys clown me about Martinsville a lot on the show, <laughs> which I appreciate. But I love the way you frame this question because a lot of who I am and what I'm about has been shaped because of my experiences growing up. So You know, for those of you who don't know, Martinsville is a small town. It has definitely seen better days. It was a great place to grow up. It's it's now more of a NASCAR town, which, you know, we got NASCAR Speedway, so it's a lot of fun, but... Um, but you know, there's no Starbucks. There's no. Actually, they're getting a Starbucks now, which is dope. I'm, I'm oh kidding. wow! Really? Wow! Oh, okay. Congratulations! So we're oh, coming yeah. up. So, so the way I determine how small a town is now, you know, it used to be stoplights. How many stoplights right. you got? Now mm-hmm. it's how many Starbucks yeah. do you have? Yeah. So yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so we are one Starbucks town. <laughs> oh nice. Um, <laughs> but but what was great about growing up in Martinsville is that I always. Um, you know, I love the small town, but I always wanted more. And so a lot of, you know, my upbringing, my parents exposed me to more things. I always say my dad, you know, if he told me I could be anything and do anything, my mom gave me the discipline to actually do it. Mm. And I'm from the South. So when I say she gave me the discipline, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going to go into the woods and yes. get your own switch. Get your own switch, right, yes, right. I got, I got the um, And so, you know, the other thing, like these brothers growing up in the South, man, it was you know fried everything fried mm-hmm. chicken yeah. fried pork mm-hmm. chops mm-hmm. fried chicken livers and gizzards was my favorite mm-hmm. and 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 vegetables were collard greens green beans but the vegetables probably just as bad for you as the as the fried sure. stuff yeah, yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely and <laughs>
1: hey, we had some <laughs> llama beans thrown in there but but it always nah, had, a, had a ham hock, had a ham hock it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it had a ham hock in it yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: We, yeah. we didn't need lima <laughs>
3: beans my mom would make peas Oh, so, okay. Yeah, we so, had peas too. So so real talk, I hate a peas. I hate peas to this day. Sorry, DL. I'm hijacking <laughs> no, the show. Go ahead, go for it. Go for but, it. But but one time I remember I never did this again because I got that discipline I was talking about earlier. But my mom made peas. I hate peas. I didn't want to eat the peas. She made biscuits too. And I took the the peas <laughs> and stuffed them in the biscuit. <laughs> And just pretended like I didn't want to eat the biscuit and I got caught. And that was the end oh, of that. But, wow. Anyway, so uh, in terms of music, right? So, you know, I'm I'm about, um, you know, let's just say I'm younger than these brothers. I got mm, D.F.D.L. Okay. I got a I got few more summers than these guys. Okay. Okay. okay.
2: About three or four. In the, in the, in the natural
3: progression, I think. Okay. Okay. And so, and, and so coming up, man, it was hip hop. All hip hop. Right. All rap. You know, I remember the first time my cousin had an NWA tape, and I was like, wow, you can say that on a record? Yeah.
1: No, (laughs) for me, it was Too Loud Crew. The first time I heard Too Loud Crew, it was. See, Mm -hmm. See? See?
3: Yeah. Little, little little before me, right? <laughs> oh wow. Right. Look at this. <laughs> so so you know, it was hip hop. And then as I, you know, matriculated into college and all that, as we like to say on the show, I started mm-hmm. getting into other stuff. Um, and just you know, I met my wife and she put me on to some other things and just kind of opened up my opened up my world. So that's when you fell know, now- in kind of love with share, right? Nah, yeah, man, Cher. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, me Cher, Sonny Bono? Nah, I mean, it was Dave Matthews' band, like that kind of stuff. So I picked up the guitar, started playing guitar, and I just, you know, I love music, man. Um, I, I have a hard time with hip-hop now because I have daughters. So I can't listen to all hip hop, mm-hmm. um, but I do appreciate when a, when somebody gets on and spits straight bars. Yeah.
2: But for clarity, though, bro, tell them about your family lineage, because you come from some royalty on the acoustic set, dog.
3: I, you know what? So I was going to bring that up, but, you know, I don't want to stunt too hard. No, dog. Right? I, have I have to stunt. highlight your stunt. stunt. Let me, allow stunt. me to kill the spotlight can, on you, dog. Can, I, can, I, can I stunt real quick? Nice. No, I yes, you can I was, I, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, my, <laughs> so my, my family, uh, on my dad's side, they they are world-famous bluegrass artists. Okay. So so if you look up uh, the Fedrell brothers, um, they are a bluegrass band. They tour all over the world, or they used to. And um, and so I I feel like a lot of my acoustic guitar um, uh, curiosity came from that original experience, watching my uncles tour around the country and do their thing. So wow. pretty cool. That's super. That's dope. very cool. That's very cool.
0: Um, so we, we want to I want to come back to the some of the music questions later, because there's a lot that we could go into that. But uh, I want to talk to me a little bit about the origins of the podcast and sort of the why of the podcast. Like, why did this why did the Black and Brown podcast need to exist in your minds?
2: Uh, So, so like my cousin said, right, he and Delvin grew up in bourbon, so to speak. He kind of introduced me into the realm that was IPAs. I was just out there drinking regular beer, thinking, you know, Heineken was popping. Um, occasionally a Guinness or Schmidt's was the move. And on a golf trip, as we always do, my cousin was like, yo, you gotta try IPA. I'm like, IPA is just a beer. He's like, "No, nah, dog. And he broke it down to me like, you know, it's, it's hops in it. There's bitters to this. There's flavors to this game. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like when the symbols hit right or the DJ get right. When the man comes in over the bars and the beat is dope, you know, you feel that in your soul. So I tried my first IPA and I was like, yo, cause you're onto something so that was a move for a minute right so then he said um you know you got to check out Suburban." so on his birthday as it were i came to one year we had stag junior sit around Mm. the fireplace Mm. yeah i remember that i had stag junior over ice cube and i was like yo i said yo this is crazy and i told my wife i gotta check this out she was like well you already spending money on ipas i got her an ipas so long story (laughs) short we ended up going to um kentucky what ended to be Uh, It was supposed to be a few guys, but it migrated into a group of us. If you saw the photos on Instagram and everything and on the trip, you know, we was like, "Dang, we should do a podcast thinking nothing of it, sitting around the table drinking. But as we have come to find out, if you give Delvin an idea and he's feeling it, he is going to push you to get things accomplished. So after the trip, he was blowing up the text. He was sending emails. He was like, "Yo, we're going to do this. We're going to do we're going to do it. Me and Bill were like, yo, I don't know. You know, Bill doesn't really want to get on the mic. No, nah, I was like, kind
1: of shocked that they were like, yeah, man, you need to be included. And I was like, why? right. He said, well, because you got us in yeah, the bourbon. Yeah,
2: he's not, you're the despite reason why what he, you hear, he doesn't yeah. like to be. Mike he's very he's very (laughs) can I say introverted Bill or is it oh no
1: man, I'm totally introverted yeah he doesn't
2: he doesn't like to talk a lot so anyway um Delvin was very instrumental in saying hey we need to do this we need to do this so much so like we were I was down here again for a trip visiting I say down here now but you know I live here now so I was in Charlotte again for another trip for training for for my former job and we were playing golf Delvin said look I reserve studio time So we went to the studio and we recorded our Wu-Tang episode. No notes, no research, nothing. It was just like off the hip freestyle. (laughs) DJ dropped the needle. We hit record and we just went at it.
1: Answer, answer, that's cool, man. You need to tell them about the first time when we did the Zoom stuff, you know, we did we did a couple of stuff doing over, over Zoom too. So, they, so, yeah. so we
2: did it. We did a lot of test runs, right? We, we, had, did, we had some some African theme some, music. At some point, we
1: need to release <laughs> our theme song. So, so, oh. so we.
2: I have an episode that that I I the first episode we ever did. You know, we right. wanted it to be we wanted it to be focused from. A black perspective, right? We we really want to show the lack of black people in the industry. That was our that was our arrow sharp focus. Lack of women. So the first show I edited, I threw out this dope African beat. I mean, I'm talking drums, dance around the fire, kicking up dust. It's the mating dance. You feel me? <laughs> so,
1: no, it was right. not. It was I said not. To, you felt like you was on the tram at my uh, cousin. Uh, I said, to, to cousin, I said it to my cousin
2: in Delvin, and they were like hell no. Nah. <laughs> uh, yeah, put that that's
3: putting it nicely.
2: Yeah. They yeah. were like, they were like, no, we can't no. do this. They're like we're going to, no. we're going to lose everybody, you know? So yeah. that's, that's kind of how it started.
3: And, and by yeah. the way, I mean, I think these brothers give me way too much credit because we were all fired up and excited about it. And I think to, to Anthony's point, to the plug's point, it was when we went to Kentucky and as we're walking around you know, we could go the entire day on a distillery tour and see no one else that looks like us. Yeah, it was
2: just, and, us. it was just us.
3: And, and then what, what we, as we have grown into bourbon, what we've learned is that, you know, obviously this is America's only true spirit right? and you can't tell an American story without telling our story as That's well. True, yeah. And exactly. so, and so this podcast gives us a platform to highlight people and 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 bring out the idea that, you know, we as a people are also very instrumental in this spirit. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I love hearing you guys say that because so I've been teaching I've been teaching a course this year on food and race and and part of it is the fact that you. Um, the the early colonizers would not have known how to eat they would have starved mm-hmm. yeah. if it had not been for you know the the lesson that we get over and over again about enslavement is that it was unskilled labor brought from west africa to the to the colonies and that's just not true right, people false. were brought from africa because of their agricultural expertise because of their carpentry expertise because of their masonry expertise because of their distilling expertise Mm -hmm. because of all of these expertise that were brought over so that people could build their fortunes as they were they were set, setting up the colonies and so to hear to hear the bourbon side of that to hear the distilled side of that you know i think it, it, it's absolutely important that people hear that part of the story uh, which is why i i i loved um the 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 black story episodes and i i, I re-listened to those episodes uh this week uh william it, it seems like you were kind of the you were kind of the the driving force you were the historian uh for for those for those episodes so so why was why was it important for you to 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 do that work and 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 dig up the the black story of bourbon
1: yeah so so whenever we we first started getting into bourbon we watched the show called neat Mm -hmm. and and for me whenever um i saw freddie johnson and how his family was you know third generation buffalo trace you know um employee, um I kind of felt like it has to be other people in this bourbon industry that shaped it besides this one family and and when I started doing some uh, some research, I started you know doing some online searching and I realized you know a lot of um you know it kept pointing me down this path that I saw, you know, because in you know, a lot of you know times, you know you know black people back then didn't really get the credit because it was the master the still or it was the owner that got it. But right. but whenever you you dove into some of these stories, you realize some of those names were black names or they were associated with African people because you know they came over here and they had those skills already. Because you know when whenever it was important to me because you know when whenever you have something that everyone gives credit to certain people, you know, and they take all the credit, but the credit it has to be somebody behind the scenes. That's right. And and it was important for me to know that there were people behind the scenes that taught, you know, Jack Daniels or taught all these other people to these still, because they got all the credit, but there were other people that had a hand in that. And, for, you know, just to recognize those folks was really important to me, because I'm a real big you know, history buff. Um, and I feel all throughout history, we don't get our just due when it comes to certain things. We all... And then, you know, and what really struck me really hard, um, I read this article about, um, you, know, you know, back in the day that, you know, a white person didn't want to give bourbon to a black person because we didn't have the palate to understand mm. what this meant. And that really just floored me because like, mm-hmm. you know, like we didn't have the intellect or, you know, the, the aptitude to understand what the spirit was and what and how to make and all that kind of stuff. And and we did, we did all of that because it wasn't just skill, it wasn't just, you know, just manual labor. We because when you are around certain processes, you're gonna pick stuff up if That's you right. already had it before. So it was really important to me that because I wanted to see myself in this because whenever we got into bourbon, you know, it was, you know, one person after another, you got these, you know, the Emirate Leaves and you got the Colonel Bland, you got that one side. And I wanted to see myself in that because in order for me to really get into something, I I have to identify something personal. And that was my way of identifying because when I give my money to something, you know what I'm saying? When I give my money and my time and effort, (laughs) I want to be because, oh, this guy here, you know, this guy, you know, I wanted to identify with some of that. So that's why it was really important to me. And then Dr. Gilliam really um, brought it home for us. Brought it home. And what
3: was said.
2: So silverback bars, Perfect. silverback bars.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and if I if I get piggyback for one second, it's also Please. I think, you know, we all know the uncle nearest story. And, right. and and thank God that Fawn Weaver and her team have done such a great job of bringing that to the forefront. But but usually if there's someone in the forefront, there are also others that are also not getting that recognition. And so I think the silverback did a great job of making sure that and along with Dr. Gilliam and structuring those shows, making sure that other people were recognized and in, in their value to bourbon.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Right. I think that's that's amazing. And I think you guys are doing uh an incredible job of highlighting those stories because those stories need to be told. You know, you kind of started doing your podcast at a time in our country's history where Where there was, I don't want to say a reckoning because I I think that's too strong because people have, have uh, a lot of people who were stepping up, you know, in in the immediate aftermath of the George Floyd thing have kind of Mm -hmm. like disappeared. Right but it was a time when the conversation was people were open to the conversation and people were right. and the thing about the thing about bourbon is like every bourbon has a story on the side of the bottle. Yeah. Every so they, bourbon. I mean,
1: that's how they sell it. You know? that's, how, yeah. that's, that's how they, they sell it.
0: That's what, that's that's how, how they, that's what they, they want you to buy into the story. And mm-hmm. actually there's, that's something, there's something really appealing to me about that, but mm-hmm. there was also kind of this openness to say, this is an incomplete story. Right. And let's tell, let's start just, tell the full story and i think that's yeah. that's a lot of what you guys are bringing to the table is yeah. is the telling of this full this full story mm-hmm.
2: yeah. i guess it's like uh from my perspective i guess like i tell the guys there's no question You know, I won't ask. You know, a lot of times they'll look at me like, I can't believe you're going to say that, or I can't believe you said that, or whatever. But, you know, I mean, the only way to find out something is to ask that question. And the person has the license to say, Well, I don't want to ask that, or I don't want to talk about that. We kind of put that on the table before we start recording with people. We say, Hey, is there anything you don't want to discuss? Because, you know, once we hit record, I mean, we could take stuff out and post. But a lot of times we like to just bring people into our space and say, Hey, you know, let's let's kick it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, let's have a conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have you found people in the industry saying like there are things we don't want to talk about? There are things that we have a history in our distillery that we don't want out there is are, are you coming across any of that stuff or is that still is that still too buried is that still too uh too hard to to dig up or, or they, they just they have great PR people and so they're, they're oh, yeah, they do. yeah yeah Now I haven't I
1: don't think we come um you know come across that um but I remember Dr. Gilliam said whenever uh, you know she whenever they brought her in to do some history and you know open up the archives she was definitely she definitely said that you know the information that she was given was definitely you know purposely driven you know you know they didn't really you know do a lot of stuff so you know um but now we haven't you know we haven't really come across um people not wanted to, to share their story about that
2: distillery not yet anyway yeah, I think everybody knows once they, well, if they come on our show or if they listen to it, like we always tell people, you know, we give them a link and say, hey, check out our show before you come on so you can prepare yeah, about yeah. how and we, we kind of run flow. Yeah, 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 we give and them we a run of show, running. we try to stick to yeah. it, you know, provide questions we're gonna ask, but a lot of times we tell them, you know, we'll go off script and we'll talk about other things. It's just like, we try to keep the environment light, and fun. And you know, we're interviewing, and when it comes close to wrap up, a lot of people say, "Oh, wow, that went by fast." or you know stuff like that. we we really, really always approach inclusion with them because we have to ask them that tough question like yes. why? Yeah are we missing in the industry because that's what we want to know know, that's what we're doing like sometimes they're like they don't know or sometimes like when we when we spoke to Marianne um she was like you know what she's trying to push is the same thing to get more women included in the industry and doing stuff like that because those are like things we want to see you know um when you talk about the fellowship We're going to talk about, you know, when we went on the black bourbon run this year, you know, a lot of the people we talked to afterwards were like, why were there no women there? It's just like a lot of people didn't get in, but uh, we hope next year to have, you know, more people come out and embrace that. But, you know, we asked what we want to ask they can you know say they don't want to hear but we haven't run into that yet like, no, like bills yeah
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and i and i've appreciated that 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 inclusion has been has been broad it's it's been people of color but it's also been women and it's also been thinking about whose 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 voice isn't normally heard because the fact of the matter is it's not just that the faces that you see in bourbon in terms of the media it's not just that they're all white it's a certain like, if I'm like, let's be real, it's a certain kind of white. Oh, and it's, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, like, wait, didn't I see you on TV January 6th kind of white? Like yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it, there's a certain thing that kind of comes along with the culture and, and to be able to say that, like, no, that spirit you're drinking. And I, I, I appreciated this a lot when you guys had Fred Minnick on that, like, he, oh, you know, yeah. he's a person yeah. who really is, is championing. Sure. Uh, uh telling those stories getting those stories out there that like there's there's this wider story of people who are um in love with the spirit because it's it's delicious mm-hmm. and yeah. and it's and it's wonderful and it brings people yeah. together in a way that oh. uh, other things don't 100 yeah, facts Facts, <laughs>
1: facts oh. man i mean because you know I, you know I, i've said this you know before like you know uh a poor bourbon around a group of people it just opens up the conversations. Um, you know, people. It, it just—I don't know—because you get, you know, a little relaxed or whatever. But it just, you know, it's it's more so about bourbon than um, than beer or wine. I think um, when you know, whenever you have a, a bottle, a, a you know, a good bottle with with you know, a nice, you know, with, with friends and family, the conversation just flows and just and it's and it's enjoyable. I mean, it's very it's very social. Um, mm. and, and, and that's another reason why I got my boys, you know, to come with me because whenever I got introduced, I didn't want to be by myself. You know I'm <laughs> I'm going to bring people in that I care about, that I want to share, you know, this with, you know, and, and that was some of that too. Cause I went to Kentucky a year before we all went as a group, you know, before this podcast started and I went, I was a plus one from another group and, you know, it was, it was, it was a mixed race, um, group. And, the whole time I'm there, I'm like, you know what? I want to come back with my boys. I want to come back with, you know, with some dudes who look like me, who think like me, and we have, you know, a lot in common. And and it's just it just was a beautiful trip because originally, just just to get back to Anthony. But originally, we were just going up to hit this one distillery and come back because Bourbon Thirty was a, a bourbon that I um, that me and my neighbor and another friend of ours we 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 rip. And um, we were and we were going to just go up there to get that, and then that turned into you know the you know the trip with with the six of us because it was just going to be three of us going up there get from Bourbon Thirty and coming back, and it has turned into a whole different experience. And now we we're here. And I remember um, you know Delvin talking about you know and, and Anthony talking about doing the podcast because Anthony is always, he's always wanting to do stuff like this. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he and he made in communications. And I think he's really comfortable, you know, you hear his voice. So you, he's comfortable with this, you know, this this medium. And uh and, and you know, having, it, you know, come together like this was 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 definitely not something that I would um ever have dreamed I hope to, to be <laughs>
2: I think I think you give By me too way, much credit. I mean, I'm comfortable asking nah, questions, just, but Delvin, nah, I'm just is saying you you you
1: you trained. I mean, you have more training in communications and interviewing skills than than
3: Yo, your, voice, and, your voice is amazing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, guy, yeah. the guy has an amazing voice. Right, and, exactly. and then and then if I can for a second, Silverback, thank God you get didn't get into tequila and try to bring us on more <laughs> Yeah, facts, facts. <laughs> that, that might have been a non flashbacks of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And then yeah, and I don't then, know too much about tequila. Yeah. And then DL dub, if I can for a second. Like yeah. I think, I think to your question or to your point about diversity and inclusion in the industry, you know, not only is it smart business, it's also good business. Mm-hmm. Because if you mm-hmm. to your point, you know, the bourbon industry and the whiskey industry has this perception of being this old stodgy. You know, white, if we can say that industry, and so they've captured that for years. Oh yeah, they have and, that, and, yeah. and they have that, right? They got that market on lock. Yeah. And so, so if you're if you are a bourbon brand or a distillery or a whiskey brand distillery, and you're saying, well, how do I grow market share? well we are the emerging market That's right right like so so all the growth if you want to grow your brand you reach out to other communities and so it's good business sense to bring in diversity And when you think about someone like an ebony major mm. right so we had her on our show a couple of weeks ago you know she's a blender she was a blender uh, a master blender for a big brand. Um, and when you think about the value that she adds to a room mm. where she is the only, not only a person of color, but the only woman and then the only millennial. Yeah. Think about the diversity of thought and what that adds yeah. to that brand. And so yeah. I, th- I just think that these brands need to look at it differently. And that's part of what we try to highlight on the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, you. And I, I appreciate I yeah, listen to that interview last week and just like the the lonely feeling that must be for her but to but to but the pioneering you know like to be able to say like I'm gonna step into this space uh again because this is something I love this is something I care about it's something I value and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a leading voice and I can I can I can help shape the culture right yeah I, I like I Jackie Robinson, Robinson bro. it
1: is yeah. it is, and, it really. and is. um what's that lady that we we mentioned on the black story I, n- I remember her last I think
3: she had... Elmer Aaron stuff. Yeah. No no, was, no, no, no. Elmer, uh, Elmer, Elmer, Elmer Adams or
2: something, El, Elmer right? Allen. Elmer Allen. Yeah. I think it was Elmer Allen. Elmer
3: Louise Allen, I think. Yeah, I think yeah something, something like that. that.
2: Yeah. Have I mean, to check it for, I,
1: mean I, I think, you know, her and... I'm sure her story and Elbany's story kind of paralleled mm, a little bit. Oh, cause, you know, most definitely. Because she worked in the lab at Brown Foreman, and it was, it was the late 60s, early 70s, I want to say.
2: So... And just to be clear, I mean, some of the stuff, some of the stuff we lost from her first interview, stuff she shared with us, you know, it's not our story to tell the things she told us about, you know, being the only person of color in that establishment. I mean, but can you imagine? Right. And those are those are things we just want to, you know, break ground and let people know that, you know, it's 2021 rolling into 2022 and, you know, this is where we're still at. You know what I mean? These stories need to be told because people have that light bulb moment like, wow, this is still happening. What can I do, you know, to make things better? Because they thought it was... You know, I mean, not to take it to politics, but I had people tell me when President Obama got elected, like racism doesn't exist anymore. And I am like, bro, you know, well, where do you shop? are you shopping? At the gap? Or are you shopping at Old Navy? Because <laughs> yeah, you know, they, yeah. feel
1: me. Yeah, But yeah, I, mean, yeah. You know,
0: but, I think it's
1: gotten know. worse. To be honest, I don't.
0: I don't want to digress, but you know, well, but, no, that's listen. This is we we talk about politics here. The fact that we are we are in 2021, almost 2022, and there's still a lot of firsts and onlys. Like that that is something that like every time you hear a first, every time you hear an only, like you're still kind of like, wow, but like yeah, just 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 now, real, really? Like,
1: yeah, and I made this point before, you know, the only reason why it's the first is because you didn't give another person an opportunity. That's right. There were other people doing it. Yeah, that's right. You just didn't give them the opportunity. That's right. They're not, you know, they're not
3: the first to ever do it they are the first that you let get the opportunity, in.
0: yeah. yeah. And,
3: and and by and by the way, that's that's also our responsibility, right? Yeah. So we should be lifting as we climb. And I'm I'm always struck by that yes. when I think yes. about you know Kamala Harris when she talks about how her mom told her you could be the first. Just make sure you're not the last. Right. And, and that right. that is more of a call to action rather than a passive, hey, let's make sure other people get a seat at the table. And so one of the things that I'm proud of with our podcast, and I'm not saying that we're responsible for this, but we feel like we are somewhat the Bill Parcells of the Black Bourbon podcast, right? <laughs> hey. because, because we have a coaching tree, right? There are other <laughs> Black podcasts about bourbon that came after us And we can only hope to think that some of that inspiration was drawn from us and seeing us out there. And we've even had people reach out to us and ask for advice on getting started. Right. right. Yeah. And so so rather than being the crabs in the barrel or crabs in a bucket or whatever, right, we want to make sure that we're also lifting as we climb.
2: Yeah. True story.
3: Because they saw it and say, you know what? We have something to say too. Right. Yeah. Abundance
2: mentality. And it's weird because we even had people reach out and say, hey, do you think this would work? Like, I always thought about doing this. Do you think I should do it? We were like, yeah, run for it. You know what I mean? All you got to do is take a shot. Like we didn't think like I have to say it this way, like during during COVID, we found ourselves and we found other people who were looking for the stuff we were looking for. Like they were looking for black people in bourbon. Like we gave a voice to what they were thinking, what they were wanting to taste. Like, you know, who would ever thought to put Wu-Tang with a distillery, like something crazy? Like that's like a conversation you have with your boys when you're sitting around like, yo, you know who'd be dope if this was whatever, whatever, you know, we put that out there and we're like, anybody going to listen to this? And then we started getting traction and people were like, yo, this is kind of fire. And we thought it was like funny and fire, but everybody thought it was kind of cool and fire. And I mean, to us, that was kind of enlightening Mm. and it's cool to meet people who you could kind of hang out with like it was surprising when we went on that black bourbon run and we found you know 13 other people who were dope and we just had a good time hanging out with them yeah. and it was just fire for me yeah. man
1: yeah i think the cool thing for me is to find out you know you're not a unicorn there are other people yeah. that, that have you know similar mindset and similar interests and and we just you know i think we found our tribe doing this thing and it's and it's, story. Been, it's been great it's been great to, to see that's and real. hear and talk to people and, and meet that's other real. people. Cause you know, it's yeah. Yeah. awesome. It's yep. real.
0: Um, I want to come back to the black bourbon run in a second, but um, I just, just very quickly. I, you know, I had been listening to you all for a little bit and then I went back and listened to the first episode And uh, I'm walking my dog in my very suburban neighborhood. And I am just laughing my ass off listening to you guys talk about Buffalo Trace as the Wu Tang distillery. And I'm just, I I mean, people gotta be staring at me, like, cause I am, I am, I am like, like just cracking up. And I'm like, this is, this is perfect. This is perfect. Um, So, so thank you for that. And uh, I'm probably on a watch list now. But, um, <laughs> for, for sure. part of why i invited you on one is because i selfishly just wanted to talk to you guys but um i'm i'm in the process of writing a book and the book that i'm writing is called a just kitchen and uh it's the idea of bringing your values into um uh, not just not just eating with people, but but serving people and 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 the preparation of food and things of that nature.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And one of the questions, uh, as I, I went away on a writing retreat a couple weeks weeks ago, as I was really starting to dive into the writing process, and one of the questions that kind of was in the back of my head was: Is alcohol a part of a just kitchen? And and that question comes from me, you know, as as, you know, this podcast is is uh, the audience is like a lot of people of faith and like a lot of people who who like drink like secretly. (laughs) <laughs> and then like right. you, know, then, then, you know, then a few, then yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's less of that. You know, there's more people who are open about mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah, but yeah. like, you know, it's it's one of those things. And and I and I and I came back to I came back to you guys because you all, when you talk about and you've you've even said it so far here, is when you talk about getting together or around a fire or getting together around a table or getting together like you guys did in the black bourbon run. And you use words that are words that resonate with people of faith, like fellowship and community. And you use words that, that speak to frankly, speak to my values about what it means to be together. And it's not just, um, there's gonna be a question here eventually, I promise. Uh, um oh, it's, it, it's not... spin bars, by the way. <laughs> bars, yeah. It's not just it's not just, you know, I have I have there are people in my life who, you know, will get together just to drink to get drunk, but that's not what the bourbon culture is. Like, yeah, we might we might have one or two more than is our limit, but like it's 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 the fellowship that happens. It's the it's the like I, I only drink a lot of bourbon around people I'm super comfortable with and people sure. who I, I know I'm, I'm safe with. And like, like you, like, like you said, William, like this is, this is my tribe. Like this, these are my people. Mm-hmm. So, so here's, here's where, here's the, the eventual question. Um, what is that that happens around that table when you got a, a group of like minded people having a dram just able to relax, be yourself, share life, open your hearts, open your minds, laugh. like all, all of those things that ha- like what what is that that you find around that table, that campfire, that whatever when you' when you're sharing bourbon together.
2: I'm gonna go ahead and jump jump in and jump out real quick. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So first let, let me apologize to people on the podcast. It's the the Faith and Food podcast. Because nah, I, I might go ahead. have swore earlier, but anyway.
0: No, no, um, no, no, no. Oh, they have they've, they've heard me swear quite a bit. Okay, no, cool. I so.
2: just want to remind them <laughs> that Jesus water into wine. Okay. We're gonna let that marinate as I go on. <laughs> um so for me, when when I'm breaking bread and we're popping corks and we're having them with the homies, or or if we're having a drink with somebody who we don't see eye to eye politically with things. <sighs> At the center of that, the nucleus of that is a bottle of bourbon, right? Um, and with that, like you say, it comes a story or a bottle found on the hunt that you're choosing to share with this person. A lot of times it is something shared amongst individuals around a fire um, that would invoke a memory or... Uh, wow, do you taste that? You know, not so much as an influence type thing, like I get this, but do you taste that? You know, it's a discussion about Mm -hmm. the spirit, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And for me, in those moments, those are things I look forward to. Like, not that I need that, like, oh, this is what I'm focused on. But those moments is when, like my cousin said, he's with his boys, we're with like minded individuals or people who look like us who may have the same thought about something like we've, we've had times when I'll say something. He was like, "Yo, I was just thinking that." You know what I mean? So it's just people who just get you, and you're sitting there enjoying the same same spirit or beverage or whatever. From my perspective, that's what's dope about it, and how I go into the whole fellowship aspect.
1: Yeah, I think I think because of uh, you know bourbon's history, you know it's a story. Um, you know from you know from uh, you know prohibition and how it came over from, you know, the settlers earlier and that, how, you know, it was said that, you know, I mean, and I'm getting this from um, from uh, Freddie Johnson, you know, how the Indians, you know, showed the settlers, you know, they use corn because they were using, you no know, rye and whatever other grain they had. I think because of that, the history and the storytelling, I mean, is about storytelling. So when you get around with other people, you know, that's what you want to do too. You want to, hey, I got this bottle on a Humble down in this liquor store this is what I got. I've been hunting for this and I want to share it with you and how you got it. And, you know, and just and give your perspective about what you're drinking on your palate, you know, have them see if they like it. And, you know, I think because, you know, you know, because, you know, it takes, you know, four years and it takes, you know, different mash bills. It takes, you know, it's not just hey made the same way There's different styles. You got weedy, you got rye, you got high rye, you got all these different types of you know styles of bourbons. And I think because of that, the conversation kind of mimics the complexity of the spirit. Mm, And so mm, when you, so when you're sitting around and you kind of feel like, you know, you want to, you know, share that kind of stuff. And to me, I just think it makes you want to talk. I don't know why. It just makes you want to just, you know,
3: you know, invoke a conversation. So. And, and I would say even more fundamentally, because Silverback is spitting bars tonight, y'all. Bars, <laughs> yes, he is. Bars. Straight kid. He, he
2: don't want to drop an album, but he's spitting bars.
3: But I, but <laughs> yes. I, but I think even more fundamentally, you, you know, you don't shoot bourbon, right? You don't take no. shots of bourbon, right? Right. And, and the fact that it's something that you put in your glass and you have to take your time with it, you're probably already around people that you really like and enjoy, but the bourbon as it's going down, it starts to loosen you up a little bit and you're taking your time and it's going to evoke some of those same stories that the silverback just talked about, but more, more so around issues, politics. I mean, you know, it brings the barbershop into, you know, mm. the house, mm-hmm. right. Right. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, and DL to your, to your point about like, you know, you know, a lot of times I think we have negative connotations around alcohol consumption. And, you know, I think we talked about this on another podcast as with our, with our homies at a steady poor, we we just talked about how with, with African-Americans, a lot of times there are not, you know, positive experiences with alcohol. Right. Um, And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times when, when, when you talk about alcohol, are you consume alcohol it's seen as a negative thing right and so what we also try to highlight on our podcast is that you can enjoy this responsibly right and and just because you have and enjoy the spirit that does not make you an alcoholic and 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 so Isaac Hayes should be able to be in a Hennessy commercial without being looked down (laughs) upon the same way that Matthew McConaughey can be in a wild turkey commercial right You you went back there But it's not an it's not an indictment on Matthew McConaughey or or, you know, you know, his people for him to be in that wild turkey commercial. But but when when Isaac Hayes is in a, you know, a Hennessy commercial. And so I think that we also need to be careful with how we perceive alcohol consumption because it can be done positively. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's so that's so
0: well said. I mean, you guys. Hit on so many things that are just so fundamentally important to me. Um, I, I, I love, I love the idea that um, the idea that the complexity of the drink kind of brings out story. And for me, faith, faith is all about story. Faith is all about story, um, and 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 it's all about storytelling. It's all about storytelling to make sense of the world. That's 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 what. That's what, that's what faith is. That's what faith is. I, you know, I don't hide my drinking. Like, I mean, if you, if you, if you are on my
3: Instagram for three seconds, you will know that I drink. (laughs) But but you only drink in days that begin with tea, right? Tuesday, Tuesday, (laughs) Thursday, today, tomorrow.
0: So I want to come back to this because you talked about, by the way, like for for those of my regular listeners, like I'm gonna have a whole bunch of show notes to these episodes <laughs> and people that they're they're talking about. This is another piece that I want to I want to I want to dive into is this. You talk about like that bottle that you found on a hunt, mm-hmm. and you you share it with someone. Talk about talk about that experience of like that that unicorn you found, and like you you the people that you decide to share that unicorn with and that experience of sharing that unicorn <clears throat> that you you that that bottle you've been chasing you've been hunting yeah. and you you share it with talk about that experience a little bit. yeah dude that's for me
1: man that's the ultimate it, it really is yeah. it really is because i mean you know, this is why i got into this game for real and you know, and we always talk about these brands and these different bottles um, that we've been looking for. And then when you find it mm-hmm. at retail, that's at ret- that's, <laughs> that's you know, the when most important find part. It. When you find it, you know, if you're gonna be a tater and overspend, that's one thing. But yeah. when you find, uh, you know, a unicorn like you know this EA's Taylor single barrel that I have back there, Fun. on you know, you know for on re- you know, you know retail, you didn't overspend and you share that. That is that's ultimate, man, because you know, especially old- all pas- my you know. You know, because I remember getting you know getting my first bottle of Blantons, and coming home and calling Anthony and say, "Hey, I got a bottle of Blantons," and he said, "You know what? Let me tell you about that." You know, you know, did you you know see the 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 uh, the letter on the hoof?
3: Yeah. If you Mm -hmm. collect
1: all of them, it spells out Blanton. So it was a story, Mm -hmm. even with the toppers on the bottle. So yes. Um, for me, it's it's all and literally whenever I, I find you know allocated or hard to find bourbon. I immediately say, "Hey, you know what? What event? When can I crack it with you know my boys? When can I mean? It's, I mean I'm already putting it on the calendar, mm-hmm. coming over, we're gonna crack it. You know, because I don't ever, you know, I give Devin a hard time at the beginning about you know saving bottles, but I don't, I don't have, <laughs> well, I don't, you know, I don't have that. I, I mean, I mean, I you know, I drink, I buy bourbon to drink and share, yeah. and to because you know, because you know, I think that's one of our commandments, you know, is always, you know, it's nice to." to share bottles, you know, it's always nice to give, you know, don't, don't be a hoarder, just, you know, mm. share it because, um, cause you know, it's, 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 no fun. If you're the only one sharing this, or you're the only one tasting this, yeah, there are yeah, people exactly. out there who, who like it and who are into it as much as you are and they're over there thirsty.
2: That's a facts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got two memorable pores that I've shared so far amongst the ones that we've broken bread with, regardless of the time and space. So Delvin shared a bottle with us of Rock Hill Farms.
3: Not irregardless, though. Irregardless, though. It, hey, it. Regardless, <laughs> regardless, tri- regardless. hey, You mentioned the time dog? and space. The time and space. <laughs> regardless.
2: Irregardless of time and space. So, Delvin shared a Rock Hill Farms with us, and they're no longer making that. So, whatever you find now out in the wild is what you're going to mm. find us out there surviving. So, he sent us samples. I just happened to be in North Carolina for work, and we got on a Zoom call, and the three of us cracked it, opened it up one of the outstanding unicorn pours, Mm. And then uh, the first time I met OJ from TSR face to face, if you've listened to our podcast, we kind of met them at the beginning of their launch when we interviewed them was when they were launching their company. Mm. Um, He and I sat down in Providence. I met him at his mom's house, which is crazy. He invited me over to his mom's house, never met him before. We cracked a Parker's heritage. Mm. That right there, dude, if you know anything about that release every year, was amazing to me. Um mm. and I think that bottle is like maybe around five, six hundred bucks mm. retail. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we shared that. And that was those two for me. I mean, that's that's the game. The game is a game. You share in good spirits with people you want to share it with. And it's just a cool experience.
3: All right, D. So I, I gotta share with you though, as we were having this conversation, one of my biggest regrets and W.H. Stevens already knows what I'm going to say. But I, do, of, I do. I do. One, one of my biggest regrets is that I did not follow one of our commandments that we took from the great Freddie Johnson, which is bourbon is to be shared. So if you, if you watch the story neat or the documentary neat, he talks about how he, you know, he shared bourbon with his dad and mm-hmm. you know he had a bottle of Pappy and his older brother. And, and he's like, you know, he starts putting the cork back in and puts it away. And they, you know, his dad's like, what are you doing? Right. Never save bourbon when sharing with friends and family, yep. right. There will always be another bur a, another bottle, we are the fragile part. Mm-hmm. And so, mm. and so, you know, I did not really understand that saying I did, I did not have the context of that when I did what I did that I'm going to tell you that I regret. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, one of the things, one of the bottles that we started hunting when we got into this bourbon game was Elmer T Lee. Mm. Right. Right. And Elmer, the reason I think I, I was attracted to Elmer is because Elmer was rocking a Kango. So to Back see an old day. Kentucky dude rocking a kangle, with <laughs> a whiskey bottle, dog, that is Back super dope. <laughs> yeah. right? Like Bruce Arians out this piece. So, so anyway, so so we looking for Elmer and I got my hands on a bottle of Elmer. And my guy, W.H. Stevens, William the Silverback, turned 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't mean to put your age out there, bro. Nah, bro, you know. When um, you look just good, man, it doesn't hey, matter. By the way, oh, hey, that was two years ago, by the way. <laughs> one year ago, pimp. One year ago, <laughs> <year> <pimp. laughs> man, But my man turns 50. I go over to his house, and then guess what I bring? That bottle of Elmer tea leaf. Elmer which Which I'll appreciative. So, priest, so we, crack the, we crack the Elmer, and I give a couple of pours around, you know. And then next thing you know, I got that cork back in that bottle. I'm in, back in my car and I'm back Man. in my street. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and 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 to Freddie Johnson's point, you know, since I did that, I've gotten two more bottles of Elmer T. Lee. And, and I say I regret this because we should have RIP'd that bottle of Elmer T. Lee together that day. Yeah. We had amazing fellowship, amazing conversation, and we yeah. were celebrating my guy, William, and his 50th birthday. So, you know, if I get a mulligan, um, you know, we're going to do that again, <laughs> right? Because I, because I should have followed that but- commitment.
1: Yeah, but you have redeemed yourself since then, man. With Facts. the CYPB
3: and um, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and, and I've learned one. my lesson. I've learned my lesson, DL. I mean, I got a bottle of Georgey Stack. I'm just not going to take it to its house. I'll take something else. <laughs> <laughs> my man choice.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what I'm what I'm hearing is bourbon is at the center of of celebration. And like celebration is one of the values that I'm going to be talking about in this book. And because I, I think that we we miss celebration as a value, like celebration mm-hmm. is one of the things that brings us together. It, 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 it like so many of our, our 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 rituals and our values are big, heavy things. And like celebration is the value that lightens that celebration is the is the value that um allows us to say like life is here to be enjoyed Mm -hmm. and like we've got this spirit that is to be enjoyed and like it's to be enjoyed with the people i mean it's it's listen it's love to say that like i poured out uh, a little bit of, uh, uh, of the ichi with uh, some neighbors, and like that was a that was a that was an expression of love. Like, was, they, were, I, were, yeah. they were small pores but like it wasn't a whole
3: lot of love, but like it was some love. Yeah, um, no, um, no that, in that, fact, It was fec- like it was ha- a half an ounce of love. Is
0: yeah. what you're it, was, it, was, it was a quantifiable <laughs> amount of love. To, to be but it was, but it was love.
3: Okay. Yeah. It was love.
0: We show people that we value them in that way. One of the things that I've also appreciated in your show is that and I, I thought I thought about this a lot in your um in your Bainbridge episodes, in your episodes when you went out to Seattle. You all have done a great job of you know we've talked about what the typical you know that what the prototypical uh bourbon consumer the 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 visual of the the prototypical bourbon consumer you all have met some folks who I think are like, wow, I got, I got these three black guys here and they, they know what they're talking about. Like yeah, right. they they, they, yeah. know their stuff. Like they, they, they're, they're, you know, you've, you've built some bridges mm-hmm. in yes. your conversations Absolutely. with people. Like you've, you've talked, talk to me a little bit, like, cause you've, you've gone to some places and you've, you've had some conversations with people that I think uh, you've had some people show up on your podcast. So I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's dope that they got them onto the podcast. Like you've, you've built some real bridges outside of, of just with that community that looks more like the typical bourbon yeah. drinker. What's what's that been like for you guys?
2: I, I know one that comes to mind right off the rip that everybody's probably thinking about the same one I am, that, you know, we weren't sure how it would go. You know, we weren't sure how the interaction would be. But ultimately, our goal is to, like, um, bring those people into our comfort zone, you know, mm. basically, you know, they're a guests in our house and we kind of make them feel at home, make them have some fun. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of times the people we meet going into it, we only know what we know about bourbon. And if you listen early on, we said we're trying to learn and trying to figure it out. So with that on the table, we're not afraid to say, Hey, I don't, know this or I don't understand, explain it to me. And nine times out of 10, people are more than happy to explain their love of what they're doing. Like, for example, Keith Barnes at Bainbridge was like doing... You know, you're drinking the Ichiro. Is that's 100% organic white wheat? You know, you say to somebody it's 133 poof. and they're like, "Oh, that's gonna be hot." But when they hit it, it's like smooth, it's so smooth. Then oh. you find yourself knee deep in that bottle, and you're like, "Yo, I gotta back up because you know this is the problem." You know what I mean? So when he started telling us about his whole process, and he was just like, you know, he's like a kid in a candy store, and he kept saying, "Yo, I don't need this money. This is for love of the game." And you could tell when he's like, "Here, taste this," and we're eating raw wheat and it's And it's like, yo, this is crazy, you know, that he's like, these, this weed is used for noodles or whatever. But it's just one of those things where it's a comfort exchange, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we're going into their environment, they're coming to our environment, and we're trying to make each other feel comfortable about, you know, what's going on in the industry.
3: Yeah, there's, there's two things I would say to just to piggyback on what what the plug just said. So, you know, I, I often talk about this, even in my industry, I'm in the financial industry, and there's not a whole lot of representation Um, in our, in our industry. And so when you, when you think about that, that is actually your superpower. So I got a good friend who talks about that. Her and I do a lot of conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And she talks about how that is your superpower. And so Mm. remember Mm. on the other side of that interview, this, this person that we may be interviewing at that is the master distiller at a distillery, you know, they also don't get to talk to people like us. Right. And so the fact that they get an opportunity to talk Mm. about us and hear our diverse thoughts, ideas and concerns is actually a treat for them as well. So I I often encourage people to go into those meetings and those interviews and those conversations with a lot of confidence because that is actually your superpower. Now, on the other side of that, and, and I'm not saying this is fair, but in a lot of cases, you know, the 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 perception or the um the perception that they walk away from that meeting of you right the perception of you that with which they walk away from that meeting with it may be the perception that they carry for everyone that looks like you that's right that's right and so it is also fair or unfair right fair or unfair i'm not saying it's fair but that is the truth and and so it is also our responsibility to make sure that we are on top of our game, Mm -hmm. right. That we know what we're talking about so that when they walk away from that meeting, like, yo, that guy, the silverback, he was sharp. And he's talking about yeast strands and asking me these questions and, (laughs) you know, blah, blah, blah. And the plug was blah, blah, blah. And so I think it's also our responsibility, not just to show up, but to make sure we show out. Right. Yeah. I like
2: that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And I also, um, you know, for me,
1: um, You know, when you don't have the opportunity to get outside your comfort zone when it comes to meeting people or talking to people about certain things that don't really, you know, look like you or come from the same environment as you and get those same people in, you know, in the room or over conversation and realize you like and want to do the same thing. You know, Mm -hmm. you may call it a flea market. You may call it a swap meet, but still, You know, selling (laughs) you know what I'm saying? It's still the same thing. You know, you call it one day, we call it day, but it's the same thing because I think that's the 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 beauty of you know those conversations with people who live on the other opposite side of the country than you that, you know, right you do the same thing, you know, and you all want the same Same. thing. So I I think I think that's been the the best thing about this, you know, and and have them to look like, wow, you know, huh, you know, whatever I had written out of my book about this, I'm gonna have to update my book. I'm going to have to write, I have to update my book,
2: you know? I think it was cool. We got a, um, we got a, we got a post on one of our, our bottles of the Ichiro that was online Keith from Keith Barnes on Bainbridge. He said, you know, meeting us kind of, Opened his eyes and right. reignited his love of bourbon, which was right. dope for us because wow. in the middle, in the middle of an eight-barrel tasting, and I think we talked about this on the podcast, he broke out some dusties. He had like vintage bottles because he's a collector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we were drinking just funky 40 and 50-year-old bourbon. Like, you know, we're trying to. Pick a barrel with with guys who's this is their livelihood, yeah. and he just straight stunned on us with his love of the game <laughs> and just broke out Dusties and we were just in there like kids in the candy store like this is crazy right. you know
0: crazy. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. bourbon sounds like where did where did that come from Silverback so that's Delvin no that's Delvin that's all Del- so
3: so so we uh when we first started our Instagram we actually started saying, you know, we always into music, especially since our first episode was about Wu-Tang Clan, right? Mm -hmm. The the (laughs) genesis of this podcast was around music. And so just one night we were messing around on on the uh, Instagram account. I just put on our story, what are you hearing in your glass tonight? right, Right, I, right. I I posted a question and then people actually started responding with musical artists and it's funny. One of our one of our uh, followers, um, she actually runs a podcast now called Blind Drams. She responded with what she was hearing in her glass. And then she wrote hashtag bourbon sounds like, and we were like, yo, mm. that is dope. dope. We're, yeah. we're stealing that.
2: That's what we said. We're stealing that.
3: Yeah, I was like, totally, <laughs> totally ours. Yeah. And so, and so, and so, we just took it to the next level because, again, we we we've, we've always felt that you know, a bourbon has a nose, it has a palate, it also has an ear. Yeah. And so yes. that's where we want to ask people, what do they get on the ear? What is what does the bourbon invoke in you when you're drinking it? And and that sort of gets to the the good. Feeling feeling that we all get from enjoying yeah. the spirit. Yeah, yeah man, I yeah. mean, you
2: might've had a terrible day when you come home and pour up one, you might be hearing anthrax on the air or something at that time, you know what I mean? But that's what you got. You know, nobody can say to you, like, like my cousin, he always talks about how he gets vanilla when he got vanilla on that eagle rare, right, William? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was you vanilla. Know, yeah. You know, I might yeah. I vanilla might not, yeah. I might not get that. You know, I might get something totally different. So that's why we don't like the influence. But on your ear, when you get that, that's your ear, which is fire like for ear. us because it's yeah. like, you know, you're thinking about it. You're dealing with like Fred Minnick says, yeah. you're dealing with those other senses and you're
3: you're getting into your glass, so to speak. Uh, and it's uh, an excuse for us to talk about music on the show
0: and it's an excuse to talk <laughs> about off. music and i am like listen I, I appreciate that i appreciate that uh we end our show um asking the question of what gives you hope and so i want to i want to know like what's your hope for the podcast and what's your hope for the industry like the, this industry that you all have you uh, you've you've like put your foot in like and said like no, we're here, we're here and we're not going anywhere. And like this, this means something to us. So like, what's your hope for the podcast? What's your hope for, for this industry of
3: what's, what's going to the future of the Brown? Yeah, I'll kick it off. I'll, I'll just say real quick for me, I think my hope for our podcast is that we can just continue having fun. Um, having fun and showcasing people that deserve to be showcased, giving people a platform who may not otherwise get that platform um, and and expanding, uh, I think, everyone's perception of what this spirit can be. Um, my hope for the industry is that it becomes more inclusive, that there that there are, you know, it's not you know, it, it's it would be eventually kind of odd that we have a podcast called Black and Brown. Mm-hmm. Right. That that mm-hmm. will be the hope. Like I go to diversity conferences all the time and, and and people are like, well, what would success look like from a diversity standpoint? Diverse success would look like we don't have to get together and have a have a conference to talk about diversity. Right. <laughs> and, and so for me, it'll be that it's not odd that we have a podcast highlighting black people in in bourbon.
1: My hope is to get a check. The- yo, yo! I was going to say, I hope this, you know, I hope this beats the baby. Is the price of the ring going up? The price of the ring. I hope, I hope, because you know this habit is is expensive. <laughs> so it'll be nice to get some ends. Nah, now, <laughs> yeah, to, right. to let some ends <laughs> connect. Yeah. yeah, ends connect. Nah, seriously, I, you know, my, my hope is just to continue to to grow my knowledge in the game because you know this um, the bourbon process is so infinite. There's so many different styles, and different ways of doing things and you know, because, you know, you can take the same product and put it in a barrel and on the same floor, same side of the building and it come out different, you know, because of, you know, the, you know, the same. the tree that made the barrel, that kind of stuff. So for me, I just want to, you know, grow my knowledge in the game and just, you know, and just meet cool people, meet cool people and dope people like yourself. Um, that's, that's always been my, uh, my goal in this stuff. So.
2: I just wanna. I just wanna keep making fire product off our dope mash bill, dude. That's all I want to do. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> I just I just want to keep the corn, wheat, and barley hot.
0: Just so my listeners know, where can they find where can they find the Black and Brown podcast, and where can they find you guys on 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 all the socials?
2: Wow, that's a mouthful. So we're on Instagram at the Black and Brown Podcast. That's D A. Spell it like you hood, black and brown podcast. (laughs) And then you can find me at my underscore government underscore name underscore is. It's a lot, but the content's there. Uh, My cousin can be found at AGBK06 on Instagram. And the People's Choice can be found at DelvinJ33. Excellent.
3: Um, gentlemen. you can find our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts.
2: Well, once they hit the the Instagram, they would find the link. But I'm sorry. Audible
3: now. Mm Yeah.
0: Excellent. Gentlemen, this has been an uh, absolute blast. Thank you so much for thank you. being on the show. Uh, thank you for the great work that you're doing, because it is it is important work that um, that you're wow. both highlighting the, the voices and faces of, of people of color in this industry and of inclusion in this industry, and that you're showing people that, like, we can get around we can get together around these spirits have a good time love on each other build each other up have these big important conversations and
3: uh it's just it's just great so thank you so much fam thank you thank you you. appreciate you appreciate you bro good luck man stay black keep it brown my man there (laughs) it is (laughs) thank you for listening to the food and faith podcast our collaborators are wake forest school of divinity Song
2: Farm, The Garden Church, and The Keep and Till. Editing is by Derek Weston and music by Paul Deemer. Follow along and keep up to date with the
3: podcast on Facebook at Food and Faith Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Food and Faith Pod, or on our website at foodandfaithpodcast.org.